Welcome to Bearskin with Celeste. Guys, I'm so excited. You know, um, I guess there's not a, uh, an episode that I'm not excited, but I think knowing you guys, everyone listening in today who follow us, but more importantly, everybody's quest as we've come out, of, I don't know if I should say come out, but as we proceed through this pandemic, I think there's no one today who can say their eye isn't focused on both mental and physical health and well-being, and more importantly, on a journey to pursue it. And I think there's no better guest than Joel Evan, who's with us today to really talk about maybe some tips and guidance, but more importantly, the thought process around seeking a journey to more well and things that we can do to really uh, do that. But more importantly, maybe how do we get coached along the way and really help to that outcome that's unique for each of us. So Joel is a health coach and integrative health practitioner. And really what I love the most about everything that I've learned, and I know I'm gonna learn a lot more today, Joel, so I'm excited, is really this concept of holistic thinking about our well-being and really, you know, whether it's your in search of weight loss, gut health, or even something more serious like the autoimmune conditions that we talk about, you know, everyone can really look at that best version of themselves. And I love that he hosts a podcast, which you should listen to. I got the chance to listen to called The Hack Life. Um, and he really sits down with some of the leading health experts in the world and really furthers that mantra that he lives by, which is live healthy, live happy. So Joel, welcome to Bear Skin. Excited to have you with us. Wow, what an incredible intro. Thank you, Celeste. It's a, what a pleasure to be here. It's gonna be I'm really excited. So thanks for having me. Well, you know, you we talk about you being an integrative health practitioner. Um, and you know, in the world of health, that's such a broad topic. So give me sort of a visual. What is a day in the life of an integrative health practitioner as Joel Evans? Okay, great question. So first of all, like if you follow me on Instagram or you go search me, it's going to say holistic weight loss coach. And I just want people to know I'm the opposite of every weight loss coach you have ever met. Now, the reason I say that is because I don't talk about calories in, calories out. I don't talk about how you should go and work out more. I think most of those things are just ridiculous. You know, I work with a lot of busy professionals, people that I believe are in the trenches, right? I mean, these are the people I love to work with, the moms, the dads. They are, they're working, they're shift workers. They've got a mortgage to pay. They've got kids, they've got relationships, they've got divorces, who knows, right? Um, they're just, we're just all trying to manage it all at once, right? And so how do we find this balance where we can get to, we can build that, we can build the skills, the mindset, but also really looking at health from a holistic point of view, looking for the root causes, right? That's what I'm a big, I'm a big fan and a big proponent of, you know, I have my own kind of pain to purpose story. And we were just talking offline about uh, family members having cancer and stuff. And so when you, when we talk about integrative, that's, that's really what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, how do we integrate everything that's going on in your life? Not looking very, just myopic and narrow in our focus of calories in calories out. How much are you working out? How what's your output? I think, I think that's just myopic. Let's look at everything. Let's look at the gut. Let's look at um, how your hormones, your thyroid. Let's look at what's your toxic metal load, right? And so let's look at all of these things in the picture in the grand scheme of life. And then let's get a really good idea, a good picture of what's going on in your body so that we can rebalance the body, 
and give your body the right input. And when the body has the right input, guess what? Some might call it healing. Some call, might call it miracles. Um, but the bottom line is you just start to feel better. So, and, and I agree with you. I mean, the, there's nothing more miracle, miraculous than what the body can do when it's optimized. Right. So when you talk about that, you know, I can imagine a lot of people listening today who are thinking you're right. Gosh, when I thought about weight loss, I've never factored in all those things, but tell me kind of, where do you start in that process? Because I think for a lot of people, it can, it can be, well, I don't even know what you're talking about when you mention that piece, right? I've never explored it. So what is it that, you know, how do you really help guide someone on that journey of exploring those things? Yeah, great question. So I am a big, big proponent of mindset. I talk about it a lot. And it's funny, right before we jumped on, I was on a coaching call with some other doctors and we were talking about gut health. We were talking about Crohn's disease. We're talking about some of these conditions and just looking at other ways to help support some of our clients and how we can better serve them. And it was interesting. The the answer that came up the roundtable discussion was, you know, hey Joel, have have you have you considered emotions? Have you considered this as a a possibility? Because we have seen a lot of that becoming a huge factor when it comes to health and someone healing in Crohn's disease. So that's just one topic, and it's interesting because a client that I'm actually thinking about right now in this moment, like. That's a huge, that's a huge factor. I was like, wow, that's really amazing. Like that is a huge factor in her health is and her getting better is the emotional component. And so let's just take that as an example, right? A couple of things. And I also work with a lot of clients with just autoimmune conditions, right? So someone that has MS or someone that has fibromyalgia, someone that has something that is like a chronic disease of the body. Well, what typically happens when they go see a Western doc? The Western doc tells them, you have MS, you have fibromyalgia. Right then in that moment, that just held a placeholder in their mind, in that client's mind. And they're like, okay, well, that's my destiny. That's my life. And so I don't think that's true. Again, kind of like I alluded to earlier, I think it's just an imbalance in the body. I think it's just something, there's a toxicity that's creating deficiency. Let's just remove it. A lot of times though, when I do look back at people's lives, and how they got to where they got to. I'm like, wow, like what, how, what was going on in your life when you were diagnosed with MS? Believe it or not, nine times out of 10, there's some kind of emotional component. They just lost their job. They just got divorced. Now that's not to say that there weren't other things going on as we know, like EMFs or just again, exposure to toxic metals. But I just find it fascinating that the trigger, the catalyst of this event was an emotional component, right? And I just interviewed um, an amazing doctor and practitioner, Dr. Bradley Nelson. He's the author of The Emotion Code. And we were talking about this and how these emotions actually get trapped in our bodies. And he said, Joel, nine, no, no I'm sorry, not nine out of 10. I was going to, that was what I was going to say. He said, Joel, listen, everyone that I have ever encountered as a practitioner that has had cancer also had a trapped emotion. Every one of them. And so, he sees so much relief, a tremendous amount of progress in clients by just removing that emotional component. So a long-winded way of me telling you that what I work on a lot with people in my program and some of the things I do is emotions, limiting beliefs, um, and some of these things that are holding them back and really working on reprogramming the subconscious because when we can start to do that, we really start to see a lot of good results and a lot of good impact. 
Well, and it makes sense, right? Because I think one thing we strive for in this show repeatedly and in our practice and day-to-day life is that, you know, none of these things are not related. Everything's interrelated, you know, and it used to be that we talked about skin as something surface and it didn't have a relationship to health. Now we know that it's, they're intrinsically entwined in the same way that mental health, but more importantly, emotions are also tied, you know, because the body functions from that. So I love that you add that piece and you focus on that. I guess my question is, I see your passion come through in all of this, especially in your energy, but in your desire. What kickstarted your career in health coaching? What was your sort of why? What was your moment <laughs> that sort of catapulted you into this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, so for me, it was, I have always been just, you know, into health and fitness. I always tell people like when I was, I remember being 18 years old and just wanted to transform my body. And so I started getting into muscle and fitness magazine and bodybuilding and just going, you know, I always think like bodybuilders are some of the first biohackers we ever known, we've, we've seen, right? They're really, you know, measuring their food and, and how, I mean, sure, some of them are doing steroids and some other crazy stuff, but I mean, really, you know, passionate about taking I mean, some of the things they're doing to take their body and to sculpt it that way. Anybody who's watched the um, the documentary Pumping Iron with Arnold Schwarzenegger, it's just pretty neat to see the behind the scenes and and how the dedication that they had to have. So I got into health that way. And that's kind of always, you know, that was the genesis of for me. But then as I got older and went down the rabbit hole of alternative methods, right, such as uh, and and biohacking was the thing that kind of kickstarted my, um, I guess maybe the second evolution of my yearning to learn more and go deeper because I started learning about things like ozone therapy and red light therapy and all these things that you could augment the body with. And I'm like, how come no one else is talking about this? Like, if I go in and see my Western MD, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna see that. And so there's a couple moments for me. One is, you know, I had my own mother diagnosed with cancer, breast cancer at a young age. She was, you know, in her early fifties at the time and just feeling helpless. I felt vulnerable. I thought like, how can I know all this stuff about health, but I, I don't know how to help just the people that I love and the people that are closest to me. My mother-in-law, same thing, had thyroid issues and just some autoimmune conditions and just, again, feeling helpless. Like I know you should maybe try taking this or maybe doing this but I didn't have a system. I didn't have a protocol. I didn't know how to get to the underlying root cause issues. And so that really, that really jettisoned me to wanting to learn more, go back, do multiple certifications and study under multiple naturopaths to really just start to pay, uh, you know, learn more so I can help others help first my family. And now, you know, as many people as I can reach today, that's really the story. I'll just say one more thing. Cause I, t- I told you there's like a two part story your question just kind of sparked something for me. And that is, I have two boys, eight and four years old. And when my son, my youngest son was, he turned one years old, he, all of a sudden, he just started learning how to walk. And so he's walking and he's feeling great. And, you know, out of nowhere, he starts just falling over and you could tell, like he was limping kind of like something was on with his hip. And my wife and I are watching, like, look at his hip. Like there's something going on with that right hip. And he starts crying at one point because he just was so frustrated. Like, here he is. Like, I just learned how to walk, but now I don't know why I'm not. I don't know. I can't control this. I'm just falling down. So, you know, my wife said she figured out, hey, there's a 
there's a chiropractor nearby um, who, who sees kids, who specializes with kids. I was like, oh, that's great. I, I've been seeing chiropractors for years. I had no idea they saw kids at the time. I'm like, wow, that's, that's great. So we had booked an appointment. And then we also had booked an appointment with our Western MD. My wife said, do you want to keep that appointment? I said, not really, but if you want to go, let's go. So on Tuesday, we went to the Western MD. On Wednesday, the chiropractor appointment was set. So we go to this appointment with the Western MD and he's, he does his like very rote check of my son. And he says, Hey, um, yeah, it looks like his, uh, left hip is the problem. And we're like, really? Cause it looks like the right hip was the problem. And he goes, nope, nope, nope. Definitely the left. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I know there's compensation issues, you know, more than me, doc. Sure. Sounds good. So he watches my son walk briefly and we're like, all right. Like, so what do you think? He goes, yep. Definitely see the limp. He goes, yeah, there's nothing we can do. He's like, honestly, he's like, that happens all the time. Like kids fall, you know, they take these, he will outgrow it. That was his response. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, I never have gone ever after that appointment. I've never gone back to ever see a Western doc for anything. And I, that's not to say, by the way, I love Western medicine when there is a tragedy. Uh, I stuck my finger in a blender. Guess what? I went and saw Western MD. I didn't go see some herbalist. Okay. So like there's times and places to go see them. But for the most part, like I'm not going to go see them on the routine stuff. And that's the bottom line. When I went and saw the chiropractor the next day, she's like, oh, yeah, clearly there's an impingement in his hip. Did some adjustments. My son was like 85% better. Went back the next time, 100% better. And so that, again, just left a imprint in my mind of like a lot of these experts or so-called people that we trust as doctors, right? Um, and we know, Celeste, we could talk about it. We're not going through probably too much, but I mean, if you just look at the last two years of the pandemic, right? There's a lot of confusion, right? We go to these experts and um, they don't know all there is. They didn't know they're all. And so again, that just forced me to want to learn more and and seek out the right people, right? But, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think one of the things we spend a lot of time when we're coaching is to really share that, you know, you have to look at who you're working with too. How do they stay current? Where do they get their education, right? Because things are ch are changing at rapid pace. And more importantly, you have to scan the whole landscape because as you talked about biohacking, I mean, there's so much that impacts your field that's not in your field that you have to always be looking at a 360 degree view of everything around it, right? And, and then we'll move back to you, but just to support you, uh, my daughter was three years old and she couldn't breathe. She was having all these issues. I take her in. The first thing that they wanted to do, Western medicine, you know, was an inhaler. All of, Oh, she has asthma. Here's all the stuff. Literally, Joel, I'm not kidding you. I walked out the door. I tore up the prescription. I threw it in, put the inhaler. To this day, I never did one of those things. And I got beautiful air filtration in our home. I went out and looked at the environment, what was going on, you know, around her at school. I bought air filtration for the school, for the home. <laughs> and guess what? She's never once and ever been told she has asthma, has never had any episodes. I can't even imagine had I started her on, you know, all the th antihistamines and, and inhalers and all those things at three years old, you know, steroids, where we'd be today. So... I think as parents and as advocates for the people we love, sometimes you just have to also apply good old common fashion, you know, old fashioned common sense of like, okay, what, let me look at the whole picture here, you know? So I love that you do that. So one of the things that- I Well, think, Celeste, just yeah, really quick ahead. on that note, 
on that note, you know, it's amazing because I love what you just said and bringing the, the power back to us. And I see that a lot, you know, with, with women, especially, right. We have this innate ability to t- how to nurture our kids. We understand, we actually, we know it. We guys, we have, we could do this. They've been doing it for 2000 years. And uh, I, I had a, I did an, a podcast early on with my midwife and uh, I can just share, you know, we had a Western, um, our first son, we were born, he was born in a hospital in like the Western setting. And when our second son was born at home, it was 10 times better. And and one of the things that I share in that episode with the midwife is just, she talks about it. Like, yeah, we, we, we think like we have to rely on like the, the doctors and, and it's made it seem like we're inadequate, but we're not, we're actually really powerful. And we've been doing this for 2000 plus years. We know how to give birth. Um, and it's just kind of reminding us uh, about that, you know? So when I, and I love what you said about empowering ourselves, you know, we, and by the way, this goes back to emotion in that, in, and particularly women, but I, I want to be fair because so many of my male friends, I think particularly since the pandemic, question themselves as well. And maybe they're not in the same role they were pre-pandemic or they're, they're, you know, they're not necessarily the breadwinner. Maybe they lost their job or their business shut down, whatever it might be. And they're second guessing everything in their life and their ability to actually take charge and hold and to have a direction, right? And I think one of the things we share with everyone is knowledge is power. And the more you empower yourself. And I think that's what's so powerful about what you do, what we do is, you know, helping the people that we support to really have that ability to be empowered um, because it is such a key part of what we're doing, you know? And I, I think that, you know, that's that education and not being afraid to trust that you know better than anyone what your body really feels like and what feels normal and what doesn't feel normal for you and to act on that, you know? So I get off my soapbox with that, but I think I I see that so much, especially when it comes, you know, you talk about weight loss, which is so has so much to do with how someone sees themselves in their self-esteem. We talk about external skin health and, and what people see in the mirror. And all of that impacts the way that they feel about themselves, you know, in terms of their day-to-day, but also how healthy they are. So you know, really empower people to love themselves and to practice self-care is such an important part of it, right? So one of my favorite Instagram posts that I saw is you talked about your health, if your health is subpar, it's not optimal, you can't really show up in other areas of your life to the best of your ability. Can you sort of talk about why that can bleed into other areas of your life and sort of, I know we hit a little bit on it. And one other thing, can you share for maybe people listening who don't know what biohacking is? Um, Because you use that term a lot and there may be people that don't know exactly what biohacking is. I wanna make sure they get the full value of what you're sharing. So one, what is biohacking? And then secondly, how does, you know, being subpar in your health really impact the rest of your, your life happiness? All great questions. Um, so biohacking, bio meaning life or biology, right? Um, and then hacking. This this term was coined from by Dave Asprey, and he, you know, he's the he's like pretty much known as the godfather of biohacking. And Dave has a computer background as a hacker. So, but he also felt 
ill to many health uh, issues and he went the Western route. It didn't work for him. And so he started looking at other modalities, kind of like the ones I threw out there, cryotherapy, red light therapy, ozone, all these uh, pulse electromagnetic field therapy, all these different so quote unquote hacks, right? And so he just termed, he, he called it your biology. You're taking control of your biology and we're gonna hack it. We're gonna do these other modalities to get there faster, to get your body to heal faster. So that's really what it is. It's a fancy way of saying that. I'll be honest, there's a lot of times that I, I'm becoming more disenfranchised with the term. And this is a guy who has the Hacked Life podcast. And I, I love this because I do love hacks. I love, I think they're a great way to start the conversation of health, but I am also a big proponent of mastery. And that is that, again, I tell people all the time, you're not gonna hack your way uh, out of candida yeast overgrowth or parasites. There's no hack for that. Like, yeah, oregano oil, it's great for candida yeast. Yes, it is. It isn't going to solve your candida yeast problem. And again, I think some biohackers were like, well, yeah, just hack it with this and hack it with that. Look at, you got to have some sort of mastery. You got to have some sort of systems in place to really get there in protocols. It's not just a little bit of that, a little bit of that. So let's just, I just want to be you know, clear on that. Uh, as far as, um, you know, you're asked about, um, you know, what what do I mean when I'm talking about this whole life system, right? Or this this how how is it how does it bleed into other areas of your life? A big thing that I've been telling a lot of people is like we gotta stop saying that there's this like I have this good work life balance. Like we need to just cut that out because this is how we start to compartmentalize things. We start to say things like you know my job is great, I'm making tons of money, I'm driving a Ferrari, but my marriage sucks. Or, you know, I, I, again, I hear that all the time or like, Hey, yeah, you drive a Ferrari, you're making millions, but your relationship with your son sucks or your health is in, you're not sleeping. Your health is wrecked. We just got to stop pretending that that's okay. Cause it's not. And what I see all the time from clients is, you know, when I ask them, like, especially let's just use weight as an example, like, Hey, how's that bleeding into your life? It's like, Joel, I don't, I don't feel confident. Like I don't feel confident with my weight. And guess what? That means you're not as confident when you show up in the bedroom. You don't have as, as much self-esteem when you show up at work to make a sale or how you want to show up, how you want to present yourself. If that, if your health is not in order, you can't go out and achieve and accomplish and have the impact, the mission that you really deserve to have on the world. That energy is just being blocked. And so you just can't give as much as you want. You're not going to earn as much. I pr even if you're a high earner right now, you'll earn even more. I had a woman who is the doctor, a, a very, very um, talented woman and um, a very successful practice. But, you know, she knew, like, if my mitochondria is not working, if my energy is not working because I am getting sluggish and I'm overworked, she knew, like, I, I have these big goals to actually double my income. So this is someone, if I, if I told you her income numbers, you'd be like, dang, like, why what, what does she need to make more money? Like she's doing really well, but she, she has other goals. She has other aspirations. And a big thing, a big part of that is having that confidence, that self-esteem to say, yes, I can do it. And if you're doing it, if you're doing that in your health and you're building that consistency, that consistency bleeds into every part of your life. Yeah, exactly. You are who you are when nobody's looking. Um, I always love that, but it's true. I think the one thing I'd say too is, you know, it's funny because you were talking about weight loss and self-esteem, you know, 
I can't tell you the number of times I've heard over the last month, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about, I got the COVID-10 too. And everybody's about, you know, gaining weight during COVID and somehow it's made it okay. You know what I mean? Because it's sort of all of us have been in that boat is sort of the feeling a lot of people have. Um, so one of the things I hear a lot from the people that we coach is, okay, but you know, can, I'm 30 pounds overweight or I'm 40 pounds overweight or I'm 25, not, you know, five or 10. And so a lot of them feel like it's almost self-defeating before they start in that, you know, what it's going to take, the trade-offs I have to make in my life are too significant to get to that. So I've just, I'm just going to learn to love me, you know, as me. And um, Yeah, that's good. But I mean, you hear people say that, right? So I think, but yet at the same time, they're having this whole dialogue with you because they're uncomfortable about where they are, but they're trying to justify why they haven't taken the steps. So in coaching someone, I mean, what would you tell that person? How do you get them to move from that space and feel safe about trying it? Because I think sometimes people are afraid they'll fail. And I don't know what, to me, staying where you are is failure, but yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, that's that's complicated, right? That is, I mean, that's a great question. Um, I, I can think of just so many calls I've been on, like you just said, where, uh, I, I, I've seen people go, I said, you know, I'm like, would you be willing to try something, you know, new, like clearly working out multiple hours a day um, and um, eating the way you've been eating and the habits that you've uh, you've created aren't working. And you told me you wanted to lose 30 pounds and you told me that you're tired of settling in life. You're tired of just being okay with being okay. You're actually someone who wants to get ahead. So sometimes you have to do something different. You have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to be decisive. You have to be willing to take feedback and be coachable. You got to be able to brave the ups and downs of the journey. That's just the only way to get there. We know that. But, and for me, that's a big thing. If someone tells me like they can't do those three things, then honestly, we probably can't work together. Like that's just the bottom line, you know? And Going back to identities and stuff, right? It's really interesting. Um, I was just um, speaking to a woman the other day, and you know, this is someone who has an autoimmune condition, and we we're talking about, you know, some of her issues. And you know, she's she's vegetarian, and she goes, "I hope I hope you don't you don't you don't mind that." I'm like, "No, of course not. Like, I mean, that's fine. Um, but, but you know, it's just easy. It's okay." I was like, "But just to, just so you know, uh, plants are trying to kill you now." And, and that's a joke, right? I mean, there is a lot of evidence that, guys, you can go look it up. Dr. Gundry wrote a great book called The Plant Paradox. You, I mean, we, we do see that. There's a balance. We have to find that balance, right? And so I was being kind of um, I was being kind of glib and being kind of funny there by saying that. But at the same time, but here was the interesting thing, right? And I had asked her, like, um, and, I, and I'm a fan of all these things, keto, carnivore. I, I don't, but I'm not dogmatic about it in the sense that, like, that is the only thing you should do and you must do to be successful. Like, no, I think we should use all of these ideas maybe temporarily. Right. And so for this client specifically, I said, like, you know, for you, like you have an autoimmune condition, like, you know, like even like, would you consider like doing any of these protocols or any of these, you know, temporarily? And it was very difficult for her. She was like, oh, like, like this is my belief. This is my identity. This is the concept that I've created that I, this is who I am. And so if I give that up, 
then I'm no longer that person. And so she was actually willing to sacrifice her health and continue to be autoimmune just to stay on the same diet, which I find is fascinating. Like, don't you want to get better? Or like, no, you actually enjoy being, it's like, you know what I mean? Like people, like you almost fall into these patterns. And it's actually interesting because I also do electric stim therapy, physical therapy um, with this device called the new fit device. And I talk about it all the time. I've interviewed the founder of my podcast and pain is very interesting especially chronic pain and chronic pain, it's a nervous system issue. And so what we see is that the brain actually creates this pain neurofeedback loop and people will stay in this loop. So let's just say you hurt your ankle, you twisted your ankle. Well, guess what? Your ankle actually might recover, but your brain will, if it happens long enough, it will create an imprint and think, and it will send the signal that there's still an issue there. And so you might still limp, you might be cautious about it. You might compensate even though you don't need to anymore. It creates this barrier. And so what's really interesting with electric stim is that you can actually change the input that the brain receives using direct current therapy. And by doing that, it, it tells the brain, hey, it's safe. It's safe to do this again. And so by just taking those governors off, we release a lot of those issues. And then guess what? People start, uh, pain goes away. They start functioning beautifully again. So I don't know if I even really answers your question. But... No, but it does. But I think what you're saying is really important. And I want to add a hitchhike on that a little bit, because I also think that the, the one thing about a living body, a living organism is that, it, you know, we change, we change over time. And to think we can have one thought process, one program that we stick with our whole life that does not need to be modified or rethought um, because we're a process, we're in the process of experiencing everything in our environment that surrounds us and it shapes us and changes us and we morph. And I think, you know, whether that's what we do intellectually, what we do emotionally, what we do physically, and to think that we don't need to do catch, you know, checkups and check-ins to say, is what I'm doing still valuable to me? Um, you know, it's important. And I think we see it on a skin front, you know, like you were saying with people who go, oh, you know, I'm plant-based all the way. And I'm sitting here going, oh shit, if you knew what's in that bottle, you know, <laughs> but, but it, it's true. It's like, you, you know, they just are committed to a thought process or a cause more than they are to, you know, th themselves. And so I think sometimes breaking through that barrier of saying that was true a year ago for you, but is it still relevant to where you are today? And have we thought through whether that's still applicable? You know what I mean? It's sort of that piece. So we've been talking all about your coaching everyone else, but I want to turn the lens a little bit on Joel. So in your day-to-day, -day, what sets you up for success personally? And also, what are your non-negotiables like when it comes? Because we were talking about some other people's non-negotiables, right? So what about yours? Like, what is it that comes into that, into play for you on a, a day of? Yeah, so um, I think a big thing for me is, you know, and I and hopefully you can kind of see, like, I'm pretty high energy. Um, no. You know, I... I, I... <laughs> <laughs> I, I really I try didn't to catch that at you all. Didn't, yeah, you didn't catch that at all. And, you know, um, uh, I really try to bring it all the time. Right. And I think, 
you know, on that note, though, it's like people might say, oh, he's just really outgoing. He's really optimistic. Well, these are all true things. But what I like to tell people is like I stoke that flame like that doesn't just come naturally. Like I I bring it because I bring it on. I'm intentional about it. And so a big part of my day is really a, a, a lot of my morning mindset routines and I have a whiteboard and then I also have a sheet that I've actually, I have goals and affirmations and, and things like that, you know, on it. And I look at it really first thing in the morning and I try to do it at night as well. Um, and I really just look at that and it's got my income goals. It's got my, my mission, my why on there. And it's all there so that I can remind myself why I'm here and what I'm going to do today and, 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 and fuel me, right? Prime me. Because the fact of the matter is I get knocked down a lot. <laughs> I mean, I get, I get knocked down more than most people might think we all do. And life is going to knock you down. You're going to have a good week. Then you're going to have a bad week. And that just happens. And so when that happens, we go, we get in a fear state, we get into a scarcity mindset and we go back into our old beliefs of who we think we are or this isn't going to work out or I'm just a failure. It's just normal. It's just normal stuff, guys. And so I have to remind myself why that's not going to be true and why I'm going to overcome those fears and be in an abundance mindset. And this is why this is who I'm here to serve. This is what I'm all about. And so the morning mindset work and priming my, my mind is really, really huge. Um, in terms of non-negotiables i think a big thing for me is having some type of movement practice um it can be working out it can be whatever but i really i've noticed just for me especially on this journey the days that i'm not getting outside getting sun um and moving and just doing something you know a lot of my work i try to show people like if you just get out 10 minutes a day and you do a little bit of some resistance training that might be all you actually really need to stay lean and, and burn fat for the rest of your life. It doesn't have to be so hard. It doesn't have to be 60 minutes in the gym, five days a week. If you came and hung out with me for a week, you would be surprised. Like, that's all you do? Yes, that's all I do. Um, now, I built a lifestyle over years to do that and um, earn that, I guess some would say. But that's all I do now. But I, I do have to have a movement practice. I have to have something that moves that, that body, that adrenaline, moves that lymph, and that really makes me come alive um, so that I can come here and serve you guys and serve everybody else, be there for my family, you know? No, I love it. I have a friend. She actually has a podcast. Her name's Dr. Bertice Berry, so I'm sure she's okay that I say this because she talks about it a lot. But to your point, um, Bertice was probably around 300 pounds, maybe 350 pounds, and she was working out and dieting and doing all these things, right? All, like you said, the list of things you're told to do. Um, and she finally just said, screw it. You know, I'm just gaining weight. I don't know where I am. My brain's foggy, whatever. But to your point, she started walking every day. Quit all the weights, that, 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 you know, all the cardio. She had 10 gym memberships, you know. And she then started doing massage two times a week, getting a massage two times a week walking and journaling right she lost 175 pounds and her point was i have spent so much money right but the stress and everything that even the stress of trying to do all of that and feeling like a failure right so my i'm not trying to say that's the right thing for everyone but for her it unlocked the thing that held her back right but to your point she said just move like 
just the power of moving is and using your body in a way that is fluid is just so powerful. So I love what you're saying and the fact that I actually know someone who lived that and you know it was a miraculous change. And last but not least, the power of recording our messages in our brain in a positive way because you know as women in particular, you know we tend to just fill this thing up with the most negative thoughts that we can and when we can put those out and re rewire that whole verse <laughs> to be super positive. It's so powerful. And I sat next to the, this is what started positivity for me is I sat on a plane next to a guy and he was an old guy, kind of short dude. And he's looking over my, my shoulder and I'm studying this biology. And he's like, hey, so I noticed you're studying about, you know, limbs and da-da-da. And he goes, you know, I have a short, one leg shorter than the other, a club foot. Turns out this guy, I didn't know who he was. His name was Rocky Blyer. He was a famous NFL player. And he tells me his story because it was like a five-hour flight to Boston from California. And he's going to do this motivational speech. And, you know, he turns out he's, you know, five foot six. And he was no longer five foot six when I met him. But he was five foot six at his highest, you know and one leg shorter than the other, a club foot. And he's like, people told him he would never play in the NFL. He would never, ever be able to be significant. MVP, Hall of Famer, you name it, Super Bowl champion, you know, the whole thing. And he's like, and especially a team like Pittsburgh, you know, you're never going to play there. So when you look at the fact that he said, you know, all I did was rewrite the verse in my brain that you do not define me. And he said it made me so adamant that I woke up every day and he goes, in the mirror, I was six foot four, built like, you know, and he goes, I had the brain of, you know, a Harvard grad and I could do all these things. And that is the image that I painted. And I lived that image every day. And the power of that changed my life, right? And I remember that left me with such motivation because you could see in every fiber of his being, even at his age then, that he wanted so much to share that with every person that if you just believe in yourself and you believe in the power of I can, it just rewrites your script, you know? And I always live that. Like you said, every day I get up and I don't care how I feel or whatever. I look in the mirror and go, buck up. <laughs> this is it, this is no dress rehearsal. It's the real deal. Um, so, you know, it's really fun. So anyway, I love that you say that. So one thing I want to get to is your podcast, because I, I told you I loved listening to uh, multiple ones, but I loved your DNA one uh, with Kashif Khan. But Tell me a little bit about The Hacked Life. I know that you might change that name in the future now based on a conversation we had. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. I love that it's hacked. But um, tell me about you know what your listeners can expect, also how people can tune into it, because I think it's a powerful tool. Yeah, I mean, The Hacked Life podcast, it's, um, you know, I've been doing it for the last, I don't know, two and a half years now, which... Uh, I'm really happy about just because Celeste, you know, you have a podcast and you know that um, the average podcast will last for about seven episodes and then they stop. And, and if anybody knows, uh, uh, having a podcast is a it's uh, it's a great ordeal. It's not as easy as it sounds. Eh, I'm just going to record some podcast, going to meet up. But, uh, you know, Grace, who's, you know, your producer and was, you know, all, all the reach out like we've been planning this uh, you know, this, we've been planning this for like over a month right. and there's research that has to be done and to be consistent. And then the content that goes into it, if you want to do a good job. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really proud of that to be able, I think we're up to like 73 episodes and now it's getting even more and more consistent. 
and we just have a lot of great guests and stuff. But my whole podcast really was designed for a couple of reasons. One is I learned and got so much from podcasts. And when I would be in daily conversations with people, they had no idea what I was talking about. I'm like, wow, I really want to start to share some of the experts or, and even just share some of the ideas that really changed my life. I want to change other people's lives because if they get one good idea, like that could be it. Like just talking about the chiropractor that fixed my son, like how many other people might listen to this and be like, oh my God, like that happened to my son or daughter. Like I didn't know that could happen or, you know, or just the midwife thing. I mean, I really want to bring these stories and share these experts because I don't know it all. And I want to share that with other people so that they also are getting this education that I wish I had a long, long time ago. And that was really, yeah, the whole purpose, the whole design was that. And so I really wanted to focus on people. And if you look at just kind of my life and some of my influences, I really enjoy being around people that are disruptive and that are doing something different. You know, I had someone who is a friend of mine who commented on one of my last guests that I had and was like, I will get rid of this guest, like, you know, kind of dogging me. And I'm like, listen, man, like, Hey, um, you know, one you is I have can't to listen. <laughs> no. And, and, and this, this person's a really big supporter of mine. Right. He just didn't like this guest in particular. I get it. And like, I can't have all the guests. Uh, there's some controversial guests that are, again, they're doing something disruptive. I, I like to interview everybody. It, that are, especially people that are getting results. That's something that I'm a big fan of. And some people can't take that. They're like, that's just, there's just no way that's possible. Results don't lie. I always say that, like, let's just look at the results. Like you can say whatever you want, but the results don't lie. So, um, but yeah, I mean, so, you know, sometimes it's not for everybody, but I really want to just, again, change people's mindset and give them like a, a different look. I said, Hey, look, if you want regular information, go turn into the news. Yeah. Cause you can do that every day and you can get the same boring, regular information every day. But if you're turning into my podcast, you're going to get something different. And that's what I think was makes it unique, right? But I also think what you said is really key about the fact that, you know, you almost wish, and you've done it with your podcast, that you could have this little way to record all these amazing sound bites you get with all these people that cross your path that you think, oh my gosh, I wish everyone knew this or people could have a visibility. But what I really like about your podcast is that you're, much in the same way we've experienced that, you know, a lot of the things I work on personally with my business and, and my research are things that are ahead of where the, the masses are. And by the time they get to the masses, you know, it's either been watered down so much or commercialized so much. And it maybe isn't helping those people who really needed it in the early phases. And what I love is a lot of what you're bringing are things that are thinking ahead of where the pack is right now. Um, kind of cutting edge in a way that says, look, I know this may not seem like the norm, but you need to understand it, learn it, like the whole DNA piece of, are you really being tested in a way that gives you data that that is much more valuable than, here's what you have, now what do you do with it, right? Um, and I think that that's where we, we can bring that. And for me, it was the same thing. It's that I always wish I could share with people all these incredible people I get to meet and talk to, and I wish I could that somehow they could feel the way I do to be inspired that there's just so much more we don't know. <laughs> and also the fact that there's some really cool knowledge and learning going out there that it, it isn't going to hurt you to step out and try and to see if it can impact your life in a positive way. And I think that's really the value. And last but not least on your message about, you know, um, maybe somebody who doesn't seem to the norm of, of your followers, you know, 
Um, when we first uh, tried our first vitamin D research, we said we could alter vitamin D levels through topical application, not a patch. And everyone in the world said we were crazy and that that was some kind of voodoo. And most Western doctors said, don't you believe that BS? Um, and you know, you, tr you measure D through a blood test and blood tests don't lie. So if you can do it, and we were able to do the first study that showed blood tests of participants elevating. We're not trying to sell it as a drug. That's not our goal. So we're not out here to defend the FDA. It's really about the fact, though, that the things they say you cannot do, it's only because they haven't done it. And, right. and so there's a lot to be able to do. And my only point is you have to, you have to suffer being a radical um, sometimes and being considered someone who maybe doesn't have the credentials to get there until you actually do it. And so, you know, I love that you can feature those alternative ways of thinking because you need to challenge the status quo, even if that challenge isn't the end result, challenging it just elevates you, you know, in one way or another. So I love that you bring people that challenge the status quo. So for those of you like all of us who want to challenge the status quo, listen to The Hack Life <laughs> along with learning some great lessons. So I love that people can can tune in. So I have a couple of questions. It goes by so quickly, but there's a few things I want to ask because I always like to ask just on a personal level um, that's more about you. But what's your favorite way to move or to exercise? Because you, you talked about movement. So what's your favorite for you? Yeah, so um, I have a couple. I mean, and then of course I have some great hacks. Like I said, I have that electric stim therapy machine. So I haven't used it in a while, but I mean, there's a great way to hack or augment or optimize my body. And, you know, I mean, I can contract the muscle like a hundred pulses per second, like, and just, really build some hypertrophy what i love about that actually is like the euphoria you feel afterwards and that could just be a minute of doing something i mean it, it's pretty incredible so i like stuff like that i have a vibration platform that i like to um that i use and again i know that's like some expensive tech um but i, I you're you know if you're asking me like some of my my hacks and some of my movements that's what i do and i keep a lot really basic i have this thing called an x3 bar dr john jakewish invented it just like you i mean this guy's a pioneer in the sense that his whole he he he's he got into the fitness industry by mistake he doesn't even if you interview him he, he says he's like look i think most bodybuilders are boneheads they don't know what they're talking about he's like i'm a phd researcher that's what i do and he got into it because he was doing all this bone health and osteoporosis research because his mother had osteoporosis and he wanted to figure out how to increase bone density, which led him to all these studies. Long story short, he's got this great product called the X3 bar. Um, it's essentially uses variable resistance in these bands. That is honestly something I do like six times a week. Um, and I love it. Like, especially during the pandemic, people's gyms were closed, not mine. I was outside getting sunshine, doing my X3. You can do it in as quick as 10 minutes. But that's what I was going to ask you. The other thing, it doesn't sound like it takes a lot of room either, right? I mean, when people talk about constraints of what they can bring, it sounds like it'd be kind of cool in that way. It's great. Yeah. And I, and I, and the great thing about it too, is, um, I just recently moved to Idaho. And so the, the highest temp it gets here right now during this time is in February is about 40 degrees. So it's great. I go outside every day. It's a beautiful day today. It's, we've got some sun, it's not windy. So I get some vitamin D on my skin. The shirt comes off because you, 
we're always clothed. I'm inside right now with these fluorescent lights just banging and blinding my eyes. So I'm going to go out. I'm going to get some vitamin D. That gives me energy. Might even take my shoes off, get some grounding. So I'm like hitting three. You see, I'm, the, I'm hitting like three different things at once. And then I get my resistance training and or, you know, some kind of, you know, quick workout in to move my body. I like resistance training. I've got this other, uh, the last thing I would say, I got this other tech. Uh, it's a, it's a great hack. And I just interviewed the people, Carol AI. It's a, it's a exercise bike that focuses on rehit um, technology. And essentially it's a 10 minute workout. You do two 20 second sprints. Guys, I'm telling you 20 seconds is a long time when you're sprinting. And that is like the equivalent of like two hours of cardio. So I love stuff like that. And again, you don't need some of this expensive tech. I mean, you're not going to get the same uh, that, that you would from the tech, but who's to say you couldn't go out, walk for two minutes, then do a 20 second sprint all out, rest, walk for three minutes, and then do one more 20 second sprint and be done in 10 minutes. You can do that. Well, and I love it because what it says is, I know it's rewiring people's brains. So to think, because again, like I talked about the weight thing, so many people say, I don't have an hour, therefore I'm not going to do it at all. Yes. Uh, because they read this BS research that says you need 60 minutes to get any value. I don't know who actually did that first study, but it's a crime because you don't need that. But I, so I love what you're sharing. Also, what's your favorite go-to health or wellness? And I don't want to necessarily say book, but Ooh. is there a book? Is there a resource that you love? Look at you with all the, <laughs> any of, any of those behind uh, you? Yes. Yeah. Man, that's a great question. So uh, you're just talking about like favorite general, health is, and wellness yeah, book, is a book that or you that I would that, recommend someone that reads? Yeah, it just or just for you. Like, was there a book that you read that was like an aha for you on your journey? So, you know, a big book for me, and it's funny, I talk about beliefs and I talk about rewiring the psych subconscious and stuff. A, a big book for me was honestly at 18 years old, I was lost. Um I graduated high school at the same time my parents divorced and I didn't know what I, I you know, I felt like you got to figure out what you're going to do in life. All my friends were going to these elite universities, Cal, um, Stanford. Um, what's the other one? UCLA. They were going, I had every, this is no joke. UC Davis, all these friends were going everywhere. You know where I was going? Z nowhere. I didn't know where I wanted to, I didn't know what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be. I was lost. And I picked up, um, a couple good things happened to me. I, I picked up Tony Robbins' book, Awaken the Giant. And that that book, coupled with um, selling Cutco knives, I had a good friend, <laughs> you're pointing, you know about him. Cutco is an amazing, uh, not only do they make an amazing product, but and I'm not the saying that because I sold it. experience, right? The experience. They built me. They, at 18 years old, they like rebuilt me. And I only did that for a year. But the training I got, I started all this positive thinking, Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn. I started falling into this self-help world of like, hey, I can change my life. I can course correct. And that really, again, I think that was a really a defining moment for me. It really changed who I became. And it, and it really changed my outlook of, uh, being able to like really have autonomy over my life and really change uh, who I want to be. And so that changed everything for me. Having a job in sales, you know, I went from more of probably an introverted person to this extroverted person because I saw what it could do for you. So it's so funny. I totally agree. And I have to say, you know, I, so I'm a San Diego native. And of course, Tony Robbins lived in literally in Del Mar, right up the street uh, from where I lived. And he always was in the local haunts, you know. But definitely, um, 
you know, there's so many people that share that. That book, single-handedly, and this, the seminar series that accompanied it, you know, changed so many people's lives. So I, I can't agree with you more. But I love the Cutco thing, Julie, because yeah. everyone I know who did it tells me that that changed their lives and their confidence and all those great things. And I know them all, and they're amazing people. Yeah. So I agree with that. So that's so cool that you share. But I think for those listening, you know, to not be afraid to step out of your, because it kind of goes about stepping out of your comfort zone, right, in a huge way, and embracing discomfort, you know. I, I tell people, you, you know, Cutco, you, I, you would make calls, you cold calls. I don't know how it is now, because now the the world's changed with Instagram and all this. I'm sure they, they do something similar, but like, yeah, I would book appointments with strangers, cold calling these people and making appointments, going to their homes and sitting down, having a conversation and and trying to sell them knives. And yeah. so, yeah, there's nothing like it, man. What an experience. I know, I love it. Okay, so what's your favorite superfood? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I, I'm laughing because I'm- And do I'm you do believe they're superfoods? That's the other question. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there are, I don't, I just don't label it that way. Right. I don't think, uh, like, oh, like that's like acai. I remember when acai was like all the rage. Right. I, I really don't look at things that way. Um, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what I think is actually, uh, got some pretty good research and like pr not a bad thing to have is, uh, and I just interviewed Catherine Arnston, uh, who is the founder of energy bits. She makes spirulina and chlorella algae. I think like, and, and we were talking on the podcast, this is the second time I interviewed her, but again, sometimes you have to hear things twice. She said one tablet, one of her tablets is the equivalent of like a plate of vegetables. And I was like, man, like I didn't really think about that. But yeah, I mean, I think if, if now like really thinking about that, um, algae, spirulina or chlorella, like you can get a lot, you can get a lot from that. You get a lot of good B vitamins, micronutrients, iodine you get chlorella you're going to get some of the detox effects spirulina the viral um effects i mean spirulina has been shown to help with tumor growth i mean you can get a lot of good stuff would i say that's the ultimate i don't know but um that's a pretty darn good one i think oh my gosh i feel like you just we just paid for an ad grace and i are laughing because our spirulina mask is like we tell everyone it's like magic that you should use it because for your skin it's incredible too um, so yeah, I, lo I love that. So I have to say kudos because we love it too. Um, what about, are you a breakfast or dinner person? What, what's your favorite meal of the day? I love breakfast because of coffee, but I'm, uh, I don't, I, I typically, um, I've historically done a lot of intermittent fasting. Um, and I love like bulletproof coffee and stuff. I've done all that kind of stuff. So I do, I, and I'm a morning person. So I, I, I get everything like done in the morning. I'm a productive kind of person like that, but, um, I don't really eat a tremendous amount in the morning. So definitely a dinner, I'm definitely a dinner person in terms of food wise. <laughs> all right, <laughs> you know? cool. Well then we're, we'll have to invite you to dinner one of these days. Okay. Yeah. So one last question to leave us with. Is there one trend that you would want to bust? Um, if there were something that you think people buy into that through your experience, you're like, oh my gosh, if I could put a billboard up that said, don't, don't believe this, don't listen to this. Is there any one thing that you sort of think, why did that ever become a thing? <laughs> Yeah, that's wow. That's a good one. Uh, I, I, I got all these ideas just coming to my mind when you said that. Um, but 
I think, I mean, honestly, like when you, when you really look at it, um, is there just one, I'm trying to think of one that would really encapsulate everything that we, and I really think it just goes back to what we talked about today about the whole mindset and stuff. And I'll just say this, like your entire life is just a reflection of your concepts. And that can would you, be, can I, I might drop on that? Boom. Can you, can you <laughs> drop the mic? Because that's the fact of the matter. And yeah. we can talk about this and we can just highlight this. Look at the pandemic, look at everything I, I did. Um, and I know we're getting long in the tooth, but so I'll, I'll wrap it up shortly, but here's the thing. Uh, I did a talk, uh, last year at the biohacking Congress event in Silicon Valley. And my talk was called the pandemic proof playbook. And I talked a lot about just beliefs and if you believe this, if you believe that this virus is all over the place and is going to get you and it's on packages and it's here and it's there, you won't leave the house. Matter of fact, you'll wear a mask for the rest of your life because you're just scared of how what could, what could be possible, right? But if your belief is that I'm perfectly healthy, I can my immune system is great, I can do this. It's a, I'm not saying that you won't be infected. Don't, don't twist my words. Don't say, Oh my God, Joel. I'm just saying the belief is so huge. That idea, that concept of health and what we are bombarded with is that we're not enough and that people are dying at high rates. That's what the news is saying. And I talk about it. There was a great experiment done with fleas and they put a, a lid over a jar of fleas. And after three days, I think, I think it was three days, they took the jar, uh, the lid off the jar and these fleas can jump out of the jar. It's they'll, they'll easily jump out of it. But guess what? After three days of being conditioned that they can't jump out of the jar after the lid was removed, they never jump out of the jar. And here's the crazy thing that idea is generational so the next fleas that are born also believe that how crazy is that so again when we talk about your health and what the potential and possibility is that you can achieve and what the billboard would say it would say something like trust yourself or you know uh again like i said your 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 life is just a reflection of your concepts yeah, I love that. So last thing, because I want to leave on that beautiful thought, um, but I want you to share, you know, you invite people to to engage in your program, to come and to learn more. So tell us, you know, how can someone get started on a journey with you? Obviously, just so everyone knows, we are going to post everything, uh, all the connections back to Joel on our website and at our podcast locations, but I just want to make sure you get in your own words to say how someone can engage and really take the goodness of everything you shared today, but so much more individually. Yeah, the best way really is, so there's a couple of ways. Uh, I'm on Instagram a lot. There's no bot there. There's no VA or anybody. It's really me behind sending you DMs. So shoot me a DM at Joel Evan Coaching. Um, yeah, that's, that's one of the greatest ways to connect with me. Otherwise, um, come check out my website, joelevancoaching.com. You can shoot me an email info at joelevancoaching. Uh, if you want to learn more about my programs and just kind of what I'm up to, those are probably the best two ways to connect with me. Well, what I can, I can say is I'm lucky I got to connect live today. I'm so happy that just like we talked about that this podcast is going to share you and your knowledge with a lot of people. That was always my goal. So I'm so happy that you helped us do that today. And more importantly, I just wanted you to know that I want to keep the dialogue going. I will continue to follow you and, and all the experts we go through. So thanks for bringing us so much joy and wisdom and for joining us. And for all of you listening, remember to do good, be good, and be well. 
and tune in with us for our next broadcast of Bearskin with Celeste. And we're out.